You're listening to Making a Living Show. I'm Roby Levy. Hi, I'm Catherine McMillan, and I make ceramic donuts for a living. Catherine McMillan was a promising clinical researcher with a not-so-secret painting habit. But like so many others before her, she fell in love, quit her job, moved out west, and got hooked on donuts. This one-time nutritional sciences graduate was seduced by the glaze and glamour of ceramic donut making. And in the end, it all turned out really, really well for her. Here's my chat with Catherine McMillan. Who are you and what do you make for a living? My name is Catherine McMillan and I make ceramic sculptures for a living. The most popular of which are ceramic donuts. I was going to say, it's not even just the most popular. You make a hell of a lot of ceramic donuts, almost exclusively tons of, of donuts. I do. I make a lot of donuts. And I'm not sure if that's like if I do that because they're kind of the thing that's in demand. But I, I actually make, like, I post on Instagram donuts, right? But what I actually make are, is so much more. So I like to always say that. Okay. So you, you, make, you, you mostly post donuts because I was on your Instagram. Yeah. And that's almost, I would say, 99.9% donuts. Yeah. And these are not real donuts, people. They are ceramic, inedible donuts. Beautiful, different, every Why are you making donuts? I have to ask. Like, What is it about them that um, drew you? You know, maybe this is my addiction. Um, it's, I think I'm, a, I'm fascinated with realism. And uh, this medium just lends itself to realism in a way that other mediums do not. The medium of um, donuts or the medium of ceramics? The medium of ceramics. All right, fine. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, um, they can look like food. You know, like you can use like a liquid porcelain, which is basically just porcelain mixed with water, and you can actually make it look like icing. And I think when I discovered that, I just kind of went crazy. And it's like, I'll make one and I think, oh, it would be cool if I could do this other idea and this other idea. And it just kind of like built on itself and totally took off. So it wasn't really intentional, to be honest. You started off, you, you've had a varied career to this point because you didn't start off as an artist. You actually started off in nutrition. Yeah. So my, my background, my educational background is in nutritional sciences. Um, and then I went into neuroscience. So I was kind of always, I don't know, like I see art as like, I've always done art and that's always been what I wanted to do. But I think because I grew up, you know, with parents who wanted financial stability for me. And, you know, if you tell parents like that, that you want to be an artist, they're going to look at you like, uh, no, you don't. <laughs> so um, that was kind of my experience. And I was always interested in science. I'm always, I'm just a curious person overall. And I do love research. So I worked in research for 10 years um, before actually just moving to Seattle and choosing to pursue my passion full time. And I mean, I think that career of art and practice of art are kind of different things. Um, so my practice of art has been basically since birth, but my career in art has been since 2017. So I'm kind of new. I'm, I'm old to the practice and I'm new to the business. But yeah, I started in nutrition. I've done a ton of research and I think that that actually complements art in a way. Also, um, like I think that experimenting is huge in art. And I think most artists will tell you that. I think you kind of have to try your ideas and see what happens. And the beauty of art is that, you know, if your experiment fails, the only thing you've wasted is your time and materials. Like if your experiment fails in science, 
your concert. <laughs> and, you know, like you've wasted a lot of money, a lot of time, like people's people's time. Anyway, so it's just kind of a, a nicer, I don't know, kinder, more fun way of experimenting, I guess. And the outcomes are aesthetic. The outcomes are never objective. They're always subjective. Like one person might love this and somebody else doesn't. And part of part of it for me is kind of like getting to do an exhibit. And uh, I guess like I'm just sitting there collecting data and the data is the responses of viewers. And so I think with the donuts, it's it kind of blew me away. Like the response blew me away. I've never had that strong of a reaction to my art. And that kind of uh, just made me want to do more. Well, I was going to ask you, what was the instigating factor that made you think, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to put the research aside and I'm going to go turn my hobby into a profession. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've thought about this question a lot because I don't really know. And I think it was just like a culmination of a few factors. So one, I got married um, and I didn't really have to support myself anymore. So, I mean, I kind of was able to have some room to look at my life and say, you know, do I want to do this? Can I do this? And I think that the can I do this was never like I couldn't have really just jumped in because I think that at the beginning of any art career, you have a period where you're you can't show your art that you haven't made yet. Right. You can't sell art that you haven't made yet. So I think that it was kind of just those those factors all in one. And in, it, in addition, I felt, I don't know, I wasn't at like a dead end in the research, but I didn't, like, I never went all the way. I didn't get my MD. I didn't get a PhD. So I was kind of stuck always working for somebody. And as much as it was my research, it was never fully my research. And I think that I wanted something of my own. And so I kind of hit a ceiling there. And like my father passed away in 2014 or yeah, 2014. And I just felt like I started asking myself questions like, do I, is this what I want to do? Like when I'm dead is, oh, she published a bunch of papers with other people. And I just, I don't know. It just kind of set something in motion where I just stopped kind of caring about things that, you know, you're brought up all these years to care about. And I thought, you know, what do I want to do? Like, what big things do I want to do? And those those were just kind of led me in this direction, I guess. And led you in the direction of making lots and lots and lots of little things. Yes. Yes. I love <laughs> the idea of making lots and lots of little things. And I mean, even when I like when I first started my art career, I was doing paintings. Um, I was a stencil artist. So basically what I would do is I would take a photo and I would deconstruct uh, that photo into layers. And I would cut, draw those layers and cut them out of acetate. And then I would spray them onto a canvas. And I mean, in itself, that's lots and lots and lots of little things too. So it's kind of, that's the theme of my art always, I think. And so, so how did you go from painting then to find your way to ceramics? Yeah, it's um, so from a young age, I've always kind of experimented with every medium I possibly can. So when I was in Toronto, um, I don't know, maybe like 2007 or something, I took a beginner's ceramics class and that was my first um, exposure to ceramics. And it uh, like it's interesting because the Toronto situation in ceramics is very different from the Seattle 
scene. Right. Um, <laughs> like there in Toronto, there are a lot of beginners classes, but it kind of stops there. Like there aren't a lot of opportunities to have open studio time and just like fuck around. And for me, I needed that. And so in Toronto, I took that one class and then like I took another one a couple of years later and I just thought like, okay, I know how to use a wheel. I know how to make cups, but like, that's all I'm able to do. And so I just left it and I was always painting on the side. I was always doing stuff like that I wanted to do on the side um, concurrently with my job. And I just did it for fun. And then when I moved to Seattle, I was painting constantly and literally like I would go probably like a week without talking to anybody. I didn't know anyone in the city. Like I had nothing to do but paint. And I thought, oh God, this is getting depressing. <laughs> like I'm pretty recluse, but this is like, even for me, it's like too much. And so I started kind of researching ceramic studios because it's something that I loved and that I had some exposure to. And I kind of, just from going to different art events in Seattle, I kind of noticed that you know, the ceramics that people were doing was a little bit different. There are more artists, there are more, um, it seemed to me at least that there are more clay bodies and there's just more to do. Sorry, what's a clay um, body? Oh, it's just type of clay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So my donuts, for instance, are made of like, I use three different clay bodies basically. So it's like different colors of clay, different, different types. Um, but anyway, so I just, it seemed more expansive and so I started looking around for studios in my area and I found one that um, it was basically like a flat rate. You pay like monthly and you can do as much as you want. So you pay, you pay for your clay. You don't pay for kiln space because that's the thing. I think when you're starting out, you're not really sure what you're doing. Like you don't want to pay per cubic foot in the kiln. <laughs> it can get expensive and your failures are like pretty high. So I just joined and like I started meeting people and it was fun. And I just, I don't know, I just ended up uh, learning more about the different forms that you can make. And the donut is actually called a closed ring form. And it's, it's a challenge. It's not um, like usually people make tumblers. Like basically you're making cylinders, right? It's a wheel. You can only do so many things. Mm -hmm. And the closed ring form is something that um, a lot of people haven't even tried. And so I saw this guy in my studio. He was making this crazy teapot that was made out of this ring. And I thought, this thing's ridiculous, but I want to know what he's doing. So I asked him to describe to me how he made that form. And he did. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to maybe like store this in my brain and try it one day. And so eventually I did. And I kind of started thinking like, wow, this clay body looks like chocolate. <laughs> And like my love of realism kind of came back and I just thought, okay, what can I do with this? This is like kind of fun. It looks like a real donut. I can put like, there's so many different colors and things that you can do. And my brain just started buzzing. And I don't know, like I was, I was scheduled to do the artist project in Toronto um, for my paintings that year. And I, uh, I asked them like, you know, I've been like making these donuts is it okay if I show a couple of them? Like, I know I'm in the painting section, but I don't know, like, why not? And they, they're like, as long as they don't have a function. And I'm like, yeah, they definitely <laughs> don't have a function. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll do it. 
And so from that point, like when they gave me the okay, I thought, okay, I'm going to make like as many as I can in the month that I have and see see how it goes. I'm going to put them all in a suitcase and I'm going to bring them. And I did it. And I put them on the wall and I had like two walls of paintings and I had one wall of donuts. And I felt sorry for my paintings at the show. <laughs> like I was like, oh my God, these things that I spent a month on are getting so much attention. And these things I spent a year on are getting none. <laughs> and I mean, it was fine. It was great. But it was so fascinating to me just to see that result that I was like, okay, there's something here. And further, there's something with people and maybe food or maybe donuts, or I don't know what it is. Well, people love donuts. I mean, listen, you're, you're in Canada. You got people loving donuts. Yes. Which yes. actually leads me to a question. I mean, you, you, all the donuts that you've, that you've made that I've seen, yeah. they've yeah. all been ring donuts. Now I've seen no crullers. I've seen no fritters. I've seen no Timbits. I'm wondering, is this a range that you will be, you know, delving into at some point? Um, so, okay, let's answer these. Let's let's check off the list. So I've been asked to do crullers, and crullers are difficult because they involve carving. And I, I have one, um, but I'm keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> it took me hours to do, and I'm just like, no. I probably, maybe I'll try again. Maybe not. I, I'm not sure. I think it's an awesome donut. And I love eating the crullers. <laughs> I was going to say, do you like eating these things? You like? Do you like donuts? You know, I used to like them more, and now I, I, I don't know. <laughs> if I see it, one more donut, yeah, I'm kind of like, ah. but <laughs> I don't know. I, I appreciate them for what they are, and I think, I don't know. I think for me, I'm I'm more into exploring the emotional connection that people have with donuts and people have with sugar and why. And I like to know, like, I like to ask people, which is your favorite? And you tell me why. <laughs> and what kind of answers do you get? I mean, why do people love different donuts? It's wild. My research brain is like the women, it's, it's divided by gender. The women like pink. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer. But the women like things that look nice. And the men like things that they want to eat. So it's so interesting. And then kids will be like, I like the gray one. And I'm like, what? I didn't even make a gray one. So I just like every Poor colorblind so child. Yeah, right. And I don't know. Like, it's, it's so interesting to me that I get to kind of like participate in the viewing aspect of it. Um, that I don't know. It's, it's fascinating. All of it is fascinating. Like, it's fascinating from a making standpoint, from a viewing standpoint, and and then the whole thing where it's like lots of little things put together. Like you get to look at it as an entire exhibit and you get to look at it from up close and different people see different things. And there's just so much going on that, I don't know, it's like I can't stop. <laughs> well, speaking as, as a, you know, to a scientist, have you ever taken like a, a bunch of them, put them on a plate and put them in a public place and, you know, say, help yourself and then just run a camera oh. and see what people do? You know, I would love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done it. Um, I've seen children actually try to bite them, <laughs> just like kids, like my friends' kids or my, my nephews, my nieces. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe I could get sued for that if people actually do that, especially in this country, right? Um, <laughs> but, you know, I would I would love to do that, honestly. So if you ever want to partner, there you go. Let's yeah. let's do that. We'll get we'll get it up on the we'll get it up on the site for sure. <laughs> That'd be awesome. So what are you hoping to 
I guess accomplish. I mean, where are you headed with all these donuts? What what is the what is the the driving force here? You know, I'm I'm kind of like that person who likes to see something like that happens or is happening and then I decide. So with the donuts specifically, I don't know. Like I have so many huge ideas that I want to do with not just donuts, like I want to do other stuff too. Um, and I kind of just have like a library of ideas in my brain all the time. And I even like, I'll start them. Like I have, I don't know, I have so many projects that I've just started and they're kind of like, I'm waiting for their time to come. So I think with the donuts and especially with the pandemic, the donuts have been especially easy, easy to like adapt to online and kind of have a way of giving me an income, which is really nice. And it makes you, it's validating. Like you feel successful when you're selling. And I think until I have the chance to do other exhibits in person, I'm going to just keep going with them because they're, they sell. Who's buying them? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm curious because I'm, I'm also curious what they're doing with them. I mean, we, I've got little porcelain things around the house that are, mm-hmm. that are, that are keepsakes and things that my grandmother sure. handed down to us and things like that. And, That's awesome. And they don't, they don't do anything. They're beautiful. They're, they're, some yeah. of them might even not be beautiful, but they're, they're, you know, they, they have... I don't know. They have history and they have meaning because of who gave them to me. Do these wind up being gifts often to people? I mean, is that what people are using them for? You know, I think so. And I think that they, they differ from other ceramic objects in that they're wall mounted. So I think like people have wall space, but they don't have surface space. So I think that that is actually a big selling point for like, if you're a ceramicist who does stuff that goes on the wall, you're going to be more successful than a sculpture artist. Um, And I mean, I know that because my wall sculptures sell and my surface sculptures don't. (laughs) And But there are, there's a mix of people. Like some people have those beautiful like cake stands and they have a bunch of donut, my donuts in there. And it's just, they like to trick people or it's just like a nice piece of art that they have. Um, So it totally depends on what their their home situation is. But yeah, a lot of gifts for sure. and it, it's interesting, like the ones that you'll sell as a single are going to be different than the ones that you sell in sets. I sell a lot of sets. Um, and I, I usually ask what people are doing just for my own information. And they're usually putting them on walls. If they're buying like three to a dozen, it's a, it's usually going on a wall, I'd say. But one, they could go anywhere. <laughs> and in terms of in terms of the, the donuts themselves, I mean, where are you getting the ideas for for the donuts i mean there's a lot of donuts out there are you replicating you, yes. you like the realism component of it are I you do. copying popular donuts is that kind of the gist? um i think at first yes i was and i was actually like we would go to europe and i'd go in like all these different donut shops and i'd just like snap a quick pic at the at their <laughs> case and i'd leave um so i definitely do that but i feel like you kind of reach a point where you're like okay you know how many things can you actually do like there are a lot of permutations that you can screw around with. And for me at this point, it's more about looking at, you know, the colors. And I see it more uh, from a ceramic standpoint, I think, at this at this point, where it's like, I think I've gotten my inspiration. And now I just want to see what my, like, what does a different consistency of porcelain do for me? Like, it's more like that for me now. But at the beginning, yeah, I was totally getting inspiration from all over the place. Like the internet is amazing for that. Like Instagram, if you just 
Google or like look up the hashtag donut. It's wild. Lots of good ideas out there. So yeah, for sure. And also I like when people like, I don't know, I, I'm going to stop taking commissions for now because I want to do like enough to get like a shop update going. But um, I actually like commissions because people ask me for flavors that like I haven't done before. So it kind of lends itself to that where I just use that to take off. Like somebody in the UK asked me to do like certain donuts that I guess are more popular there. And I thought, like, I don't know, is a cinnamon roll even a donut? But yeah, now I'm making cinnamon rolls because why not? Um, so it's like, just, I don't know. I just kind of get it from all over the place. Are there other people doing what you're doing? Um, you know, there's like, after I started making these, I discovered, um, his name is Jay Young Kim. He's a Korean artist who I believe he's in New York and he, he does like very blingy, like they're different. They're slip cast. Um, so he has molds that he pours, uh, clay into, Whereas mine are made on the wheel. So it's like definitely different. And his are more, I would say his are like hyper realistic or fat, like fast, fantastical. Because <laughs> um, he's got like jewels on them. And I, I actually purchased one of his at the Seattle Art Fair because I was just like, you know, this is my moment with donuts. So I'll just buy this, and, <laughs> you know, pay homage to him. Um, so he definitely does that. And he had donut walls, which are beautiful and you know, they've been in galleries all over the world. Do other people make, I don't know, there are a lot of artists that make food art. I've seen a few donuts around, but nobody that I, I know of other than him, to be honest. I'm curious if someone would curate a show where they'd bring together a number of different food artists and then, you know, do a, do a meal. I want to do <laughs> that and I would love to. And there was actually one in France where uh, Jay Young Kim was in it. Um, and yeah, I actually saw that I think on his Instagram or something and I discovered all these other food artists and wow, <laughs> <laughs> it was like French pastries and just like ice cream and just so, so cool. So many <laughs> cool things. So I don't know. I mean, I think food artists are definitely out there. Um, I would love to get together with, with them and, you know, do something huge. I think that would be amazing. Let me shift gears for a second and tell me a little bit about how your business is running, how it's set up. Because you're, you're, you say you're relatively new to it, but it's been a few years that you've been involved in this. And, and you've said yeah. you, you've pivoted fairly seamlessly to online. Like, What does that look like for you right now during this here pandemic we're enjoying? So I guess, so right before the pandemic, I did um, the Artist Project in 2020, February. And um, I think that was a good move for my donuts because it was the one show I had done in Canada where it was all donuts. Like before that, I had only done that like single wall. And I and I did a larger show in um, Chicago showing all donuts too right before. So that was like December and then February. And I think it was helpful because it kind of gained, I, I gained exposure from that. And then I think, I don't know, it, it kind of trickled in, like grew slowly somehow. But the fact that the donuts are really, um, they just translate really well. Like you can take a photo of a painting and it just isn't going to get you the same response as a physical 3D object. Um, and I think so that kind of was built into what I'm making. And then what else did I do? I did uh, the one of a kind show. They actually asked me to do it. And I was like, eh, I'm not in Canada. So I don't know if I can 
but they let me in. And I was like, all right, why not? And it kind of gave me a deadline to do a shop. Like I had always wanted to do a shop, but I'm just like, oh, it's so much work. <laughs> you know, like I'm really about the in-person exhibits. Like I have these ideas, I want to do them, and I want to see how they are received. So selling online to me is not like it doesn't really spark the joy that I need, uh, but it, it will. It, it's okay for now. And so I needed that deadline that the one of a kind show gave me to have this shop online. And from there, it just kind of like grew. And now I, I don't have any stock in my shop. I have to do an update. Like I'm so behind all the time. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know. It's the like donuts no are flying idea. off the virtual shelf. <laughs> it's like they're not even on the shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and that's, you know, I just get people writing to me on Instagram being like, can I have this? Can I have that? And I'm like, wow, this is wild. Is Instagram your main platform? Is that the one that's really where you're engaging with people? Right now, yes. I have a Shopify, like a shop, um, but I just link to it on Instagram. And I think Instagram is just just such a good platform for artists. I have Facebook too, but it's it's definitely a different crowd. It's a little bit older of an audience. And then um, I've also, so my husband is a, has a marketing background and he has set up some kind of like campaign that I, I have to admit, I don't fully understand. <laughs> And so I have like email signups for like early access for my shop update, which I haven't planned at all. So I don't know. Honestly, I feel like I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants at this point. But your husband's involved with you. He's he's helping you out on in these areas where you're not necessarily well-versed. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, yeah. And I mean, I just, I learn from places like your podcast, what other artists are doing. And I think kind of what I do is I'm always feeling out opportunities. I'm always researching opportunities and kind of looking for a good fit. And like here in Seattle, I'll do outdoor shows. I'll do any opportunity you put in front of me that I think will fit. Like somebody gave me a fence in August and I just put up all these donuts, like whatever, right? I'll do it for the photo op. It's just like, because what else are we doing as artists? Like we're making art and we're not showing art in person. We are putting it online. And so I think just adapting to that is, it, you have to get creative. And, you know, as somebody who's who's completely sold out, and I don't mean that in the negative way, I mean like you have nothing in your shop and you have to do a huge run. How do you manage your time? How are you going to fit this in between selling stuff, taking orders, doing the update? And how do you actually manage to make it work? Yeah, it's like something's got to give, right? Um, <laughs> so that's why I have to stop taking orders. I usually like I'll have a bunch of orders and then I'll make like if somebody wants pink sprinkles, surprise, surprise, right? Um, I'll make like five pink sprinkles and they can choose the one pink sprinkle they want. And then those other five I've kind of like put away. So I've kind of been doing that where I'm squirreling pieces for this update, but time management, I don't know. That's a sore spot for me, to be honest. Like it's hard. <laughs> and I mean, ceramics is awesome because it, um, it's like multi-phase work. Like you can't, like once you throw a donut, you can't touch it for like a day. So you kind of have to go and do those other things. And so I think for me, I just... I split my day. Like I'll wake up and that's when I get all the 
shitty things that I hate doing out of the way, like shipping, um, <laughs> emails, that kind of stuff. Like I'll post on Instagram. I really have issues kind of like even thinking about stuff to post, just all kind of a drag to me, to be honest. And I think I, I force myself to do that by splitting up my day, but every single day I must create something or I'm just, frankly, I'm unhappy. Um, and so I do that and I kind of split, split it like business, creation sort of the sugar that makes the medicine go down so to speak exactly, exactly. i was going to say i mean a lot of a lot of artists would say that they want to that they love the satisfaction of selling and they love the satisfaction of making but the yep. stuff in the middle to get it from i've made this thing to i've sold this thing is just a hideous slog that they hate and they can't be bothered yeah. with and they, it drives them up the wall and let alone the accounting and stuff like that but oh god why yeah. do you think it's so hard for so many artists to 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 see that connective tissue and maybe get inspired by it and enjoy it. In other words, find some sort of good. Yeah, it's that's a great question. And I think that people uh, people who are inclined to do art are like almost, it's, it's almost like they just don't like business. It's like their nature. <laughs> I, I don't know. Because you'll talk to so many artists who say that, right? And it's like, they just don't like the marketing. They're kind of shy. They're kind of like socially anxious usually. Like I, I know I am. And it's like putting yourself out there is a little bit painful. And like you're opening yourself up to rejection and all this stuff. And so, yeah, I hear that. And I don't know what a good solution is, to be honest. Like I, I don't, I think that sales do motivate me. Like, and I also find that taking orders or giving a promise to something because I'm a very deadline-based person just from my my career in research. Like everything has a deadline. And so I try, personally, I try to give myself deadlines. Like that's why I signed up for this one-of-a-kind show. I thought, okay, I need a deadline like now because I'm not going to do anything if I don't have one. And it can be an imaginary deadline. So I think that that's my motivating factor for getting to the point of like from creation to selling but literally it's forced like it's forced <laughs> you you said that a lot of artists uh find it very anxiety inducing and and very difficult because yeah. they're shy or because they feel awkward or it, it, because it's a huge risk to put your yourself into your into your work and then mm-hmm. release your work into the world to be exactly either adored or have the crap kicked out of it or anything in between mm-hmm. and you know it's so interesting to me that so many artists think of themselves as being as as being sort of almost cowardly or worried or or lesser when in actuality most people go through their entire lives don't make anything and definitely don't put themselves out there they they act the same as everyone else they like the same things as everyone else they do the same things as everyone else and they do these things that have no risk associated with them whatsoever yeah you, you know and yet it's artists who put themselves out there to be judged by these people who are they even allowed to judge? Totally. I agree. I, and yeah, I don't know. It's hard because I'm I'm not that other person. So it's like, I, I am that person who has anxiety, you know? And I think once you hit a point where you've had enough feedback, uh, positive and negative, you kind of don't care. Like, you know that there's enough positive feedback and I don't know. I think that the worst reaction, honestly, is like apathy. Like, I'd rather get a strong negative reaction. Like, some people hate donuts. They're like, oh, these are so cheesy. Like, yeah, they're cheesy, but like, what do you want from me, right? Um, And that's the thing, too, is like, my art 
like it can be whatever to the person viewing it, but I know what it is to me. And I think being comfortable with that is important. Like I know that from a scientific standpoint, like these are my research subjects and you can buy them and that's fine and they can mean whatever you want. But to me, that's what it is. And I think that having that meaning to myself kind of allows me to put it out there and really not care. Um, Yeah, I have anxiety before a show. Yeah, I hear people go like, oh, why would I want a donut? What do you do with these? Like so many stupid, you know, and I get it because I've probably been there and I've been that uh, art viewer who's like, you know, I really don't enjoy this painting, but it's, it's a subjective thing. Like, some some type of art I love and some type of art I don't care about. And everyone's like that, right? I mean, I think I think your your work is is quite fascinating because it depending on one's perspective, you could think of it as high art yeah. and making statements and things along those lines. And on the other side, you could think of it leaning more to uh, on the crafty side of things where it's yeah. fun and there's an element of kitsch and and enjoyment Kitchy. and just and just pure fun about it. So you're you're able to satisfy, depending on who's actually looking at it, very different audiences. Most people, if you do a very, you know, profound piece of painting, um, you know, that's really only going to be for people who get it. Exactly. You know, whereas you can actually enjoy these on lots of different levels. Yes. And I think that's actually a huge reason why my work sells. You know, an impulse purchase isn't a huge, like $6,000 painting. An impulse purchase is a donut. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's like on so many levels, it's like people who like art, people who like ceramics, people who like donuts, you could like any three of those things and want my work. And I think that, I don't know, I never like planned it that way. I never, you know, it wasn't something that I had even thought about until I really started showing them and realizing like, whoa, people are reacting to this. This is fascinating. Well, I think that your analytical background actually has hit on something that that People speak about often in marketing land about finding a niche and then serving that niche and that that Mm -hmm. niche doesn't need to be enormous. It needs to be devoted. It needs to be truly interested. And then your product or your service or your, what you're, whatever you're offering has to really satisfy them. And as you're saying, you've found these niches of people who like ceramics, people who like, you know, fun, bright colored things and food and people who like donuts specifically, people who like ceramic donuts is a particular niche. And yet you're the person playing in that, in that arena and you're the one who's giving it to them. And and that's a major reason why you're successful. You actually noticed that pattern. Yeah, I guess like it's, it's funny, but I'm still learning. Like I'm definitely still kind of um, like, sometimes I'm just so amazed at the people who like my work. Like sometimes I'll get like huge dudes who are like macho and they buy like 10 donuts and I'm just like, okay, this is not what I expected. But that's the thing. It's like, you know, people like what they like and you got all sorts. Do you sell them? <laughs> like, do you sell, do you sell a six pack? Do you sell a baker's dozen? Uh, I, I was doing that. And at, at my shows, I do, I, I have like a, a volume discount. Um, <laughs> like if you buy more, I, I give Dales. a discount. But <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but I'm not, I don't know, like I'm kind of structuring right now because I'm kind of just trying to figure out the sweet spot of like, okay, how do I not, compl- like, it's not like you don't want to sell out, but you d- you don't want to sell out too quick because then you think, oh, I must be underselling if I'm selling out too quick. I don't know. And it's hard because I think that like when you are a painter, you can make prints of your work. You can, 
like your income is a repeat, right? Like you can sell a million prints if you want and make a dollar off each of them and you're a millionaire. And with a a ceramic donut, like there's one, (laughs) you know, and I number them all. So they're all like a unique original piece of art and I can't do anything else with it. Like I, I guess have you investigated scaling up? Um, scaling up in in like making more. Well, I mean, or for that matter, making you know whether I don't know the exact term, but maybe making molds or making um, a, a certain repeatable thing, something that could be mass in short runs, mass um, manufactured. You know, I've thought about it, and I think for me, that's where it becomes uh, like not art. <laughs> like I don't know for me like these are me you know and I think molds are great and I actually do a lot of mold work but for the donuts I like that they're like their own little quirky things and I think that that is important to me I want to have a wall of pieces that you know like I really was intimate with all of these pieces um whereas a mold you kind of just like pour them take them out do whatever it's done And like doing that over and over again is just kind of repetition. And I mean, not to say that people that do that aren't artists, like I'm not at all um, suggesting that because I do that. Like I make ceramic figs, I make ceramic olives, all with molds and they're all different. They're all original pieces of art too. But I think with the donuts, what, what draws people to them is that there is such a variety that no two are alike that, you know, I don't even make the same pink twice. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just fucking around. Like, it's just, (laughs) it's fun. And I think that when you scale up, you're doing that for like sales basically. And I I don't know. And I struggle with it a bit because it's like, yeah, it's a smart idea. But at the same time, it's like, how much of a sellout am I willing to be? I don't know. And I kind of cringe at the term sellout even like, it's not necessarily a sellout. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a really funny thing because only in the art world would selling out be considered a bad mm-hmm. thing. You know, only <laughs> yeah, in art right. and music and, you know, anything that involves an expression, it's considered to be horrible. Whereas every every other business, selling out means huge success. Awesome. Do it again. Right? You're, a, you're a, an enormous success. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I feel like there has to be some sort of happy medium because at the end of the day… Yeah. Artists need to pay their rent. They need to, yep. you know, they need to send yep. their kids to schools. They need to put food on the table and clothes on their back. And yeah. And and all of those things because it's really from life that you actually get all of the yep. inspiration in order to even make anything. So it has totally. to kind of there has to be a you viable way to, to self-perpetuate. Yes, yes. It's it's true. And and I'm not sure at this point in my career how to do that. Um, like whether other avenues should be explored or, you know, maybe it's a price point thing. Maybe if I'm charging like way more for each piece, I can make that money. I, I don't know. Like I'm definitely not there yet. But yeah, I, I think about it all the time. Yeah. Or even having a lower tier, like having, you know, here are the original yeah. pieces and they cost yeah. X and then, the, you know, here's the, the reprint, the print versions, yeah. the print versions. Maybe I could do it. 3D printing. I don't know. <laughs> or like sell photos of them or even I've thought of even painting them. And I, I don't know. Like it's, um, I don't know. I feel like my career is kind of iterative. Like I see what works and then I just kind of do more of that. And then when I go down a path that seems like, a waste, then I just kind of go back and do something else. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was speaking with my wife and, and, and I explained to her that I was I was reading up and I was seeing these comments about how all of these podcasters were looking for the easiest way possible to edit, or for that matter, a way okay. not to edit their, their podcasts. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, why would I want to not edit my own thing? I mean, that's me making right? the show that you're listening that's to your right art. now. Exactly. That's, that's me creating it. And if I get too far away from that, mm-hmm. then it becomes slightly less and less my own. Yes. As time goes on. And there's a point yeah. at which I'm okay yeah. with that and outsourcing and offloading things. And then, but but if it, if it goes over the edge, I have to bring it back because it, it yes. has to be infused with my decision-making, my thinking, my personality, my thoughts. Exactly. And that that is what I face because it's true. Like I have these ideas, like a huge exhibit. And then like, how much do I want to veer from doing that and like sacrifice that in to make money. Like it's, there has to be a sweet spot because you can't make nothing. Like that's not acceptable, but you also can't like just totally go in the other direction because then that's just like, why am I doing this? Because if you wanted to make money, you could make money easier doing something else. You know, like if I really wanted to make money and work for other people, I would just go get a job. Um, so I think that the artistic integrity is important to me, at least like it's a career. Yes. And yes, it does have an income, but how much am I willing to sacrifice of my creative, uh, choices or, you know, my vision for that income is the question that I think, I don't know. A lot of people are really good at doing that. And I don't know, it's for me, I'm exploring, what do you think? Uh, what do you think it'll take to figure that out? I mean, what research are Good you question. doing? I mean, as a, <laughs> as a researcher. Um, well, right now I'm I'm kind of like trying to see. Okay, does a lot of exposure kind of increase that? Like, even though I have no stock right now, when I do have stock, will getting this like I don't know, my husband's like marketing thing that he did his magic. <laughs> It's gotten me all these pre signups, like early access signups for, like I said, the shop update. And I think, like, I don't know, is that going to, I don't know, is that going to do something good for me? And I'm kind of just fly off the shelf the second you exactly. Hit and I mean, door. yeah, because I think, I don't know, it's hard. I think it's like, do you want a huge volume of people to see your thing? Do you want like a thousand people to get one donut each, or do you want, like 10 people to get a hundred donuts or it's not even the right math. I'm not sure. (laughs) But, um, so I think I'm playing with that, but I, I don't know, to be honest, like it's a great question and I don't know how to scale ceramics. It's my answer to be honest. Well, let me ask you, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's looking to get into the ceramic game or for that matter, the ceramic donut game (laughs) or the niche, the niche ceramic game kind of thing? The niche, ooh, also a good question. Honestly, I think that, would they be competing with me? Because <laughs> I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to give them advice. <laughs> okay, let's say, let's say they would be in the, uh, in the ceramic hamburger game. <laughs> Very far away from, well, they would be the meal, you would be the dessert, you guys right, could, right. you know, um, keep to yourselves. You know, I would tell them to do every idea that, you could think of and suss out opportunities. Like use your time wisely to create as many things as you want and think of your exhibit and think of your end point. Like, what do you want to do? A huge wall of uh, 
hamburgers? Do you want to do, I kind of like to think of, I, I work backwards. Like I think, okay, I want to cover like this much space with this many donuts. Okay. Let's just go execute that. So I kind of, um, I think that that's, your artistic vision is like paramount and you kind of start there and then work backwards from that. And how, what do you have to do to get there? Um, and then if it sells great and if it doesn't do something else, like, you know, I'm sure you have a million ideas. If you're thinking of ceramic hamburgers, like you've got to have a lot going on up there. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and I think experiment, always experiment, always push yourself. Um, you know, don't put yourself in a box. Like that's, one of my fears, I think, is that, you know, I'll be typecast, <laughs> the donut lady. And I think that I won't always be doing donuts, but, you know, feel it out. Feel out your opportunities and seize them where you can. Um, and don't uh, negative, negative self-talk is, I mean, comparing yourself should be used as a motivator, not something that brings you down. Like, what do you want to do next? This person's doing this. What do you want to do? Thanks. So where can people find out a little bit more about you? I'm on Instagram, Cat Loves Cake, cat with a C. And your website is? Shop.catherinemcmillan.ca. Perfect. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing how you make a living. Thank you, Roby. I so appreciate you having me. Subscribe to Making a Living Show on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts. For more on the show, visit makingalivingshow.com and follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Making a Living Show is produced by Next Exit Media and hosted by me, Roby Levy. Thanks for listening.